0: Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fear not, my people. Fear not, my children. There is no battle that is too strong too big for me to defeat. Fear not, my children, fear not, for I've already won the battle. The battle has already been won. You already have victory. So all I require of you is to just proclaim the victory in your life and to proclaim that I've already won the battle You've already ministered in worship that I've never lost a battle. So let your faith, your trust, and your dependence and your love for me reflect that I will never lose a battle, that no battle is too big, too vast, (laughs) too small, that I will not defeat it. I can never be defeated. Oh, understand my children. I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Father. Somebody needs to hear that today. That God is your God. The living and breathing God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah Thank you Jesus Hallelujah May the blessing of the Lord rest in your life today In Jesus name we pray Amen, Amen, Amen Amen We're so excited to be with you on today I want you to go to the book of Acts I want you to go to the fifth chapter in the book of Acts. I am the Lord your God. Nothing will defeat what I've called you to do. Nothing, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Though the arrows by day and night may come toward you yet they will not prosper I don't know who the Lord is speaking to but it will not prosper whatever you're facing it will not prosper he did not say that the attack would not come but he did say that it won't prosper (laughs) hallelujah he never said that the enemy would not come after you but whatever his plan is to kill steal and to destroy it will not prosper i need to hear somebody say that it will not prosper come on i need to hear somebody say that the blessing of the lord will prosper in my life and whatever the enemy tries to do in my life it will not prosper It will not defeat me. It will not defeat me. Come on, I want you to say that in confidence. It will not defeat me. Hallelujah. The plan of the Lord is so strong. The power of the Lord is strong. I'm reminded of what he told Peter, Matthew 16 and 18. I will build my church upon this rock. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. That after everything passes, my church, my word, will never fall to the ground. The kingdom of the Lord will live forever. This is our prayer. Hallelujah. Father, speak to us today. Rest on our hearts today, Father. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. (laughs) We bless your name. There's such a sweet spirit in this place, such a sweet anointing in this place. Sweet anointing. I am here. Come on, locate me. Come on, come on. I'm here in the house. Come on, lift your hands. Such a sweet anointing in this house. An anointing to teach. An anointing to empower. An anointing to instruct. For I've anointed you to be bold. I've anointed you to be brave. I've anointed you to be blessed, so fear not, stand tall and confront the enemy with the boldness, the bravery, and the blessing of the Lord that I've placed upon your life. Stand tall children, believe that I've already fought the battle. I've already defeated the enemy. Every enemy, I've already defeated him. Always remember that the enemy comes to accuse me. I'm not who I say that I am. But I am the I am. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody just say Hallelujah. Somebody say, my life is in your hands. Come on, say it again. Say, my life is in your hands. One more time. Say, my life is in your hands. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. I'm going to start here in Romans. I just want to read this foundational scripture here. And then I want you to just go over into Acts, but I want you to go there. I don't want you to turn to Romans. I'll read that to you. We're going to focus in Acts 5, but I wanted to give you this foundational scripture so that you can understand where we're going on today. I want you to just say it again. Say, my life is in your hands. Romans 8.31, reading out of the Amplified Bible says, What then shall we say? To all this, he's asking a question. If God is for us, who can be against us? Asking another question. Who can be our foe if God is on our side? He asks three questions here. What then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? can be our foe if God is on our side. Come on, repeat it after me. My life is in your hands. The freight of preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ will cost you everything. That's really what I want to focus on today, to empower you and to empower us and to let us know that the The fate of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ will cost you everything. If I want to add something to that, living out the life of the preached message of the gospel of Jesus Christ will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. In Acts chapter 5, we can see that the apostles are imprisoned, imprisoned again for preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. While in prison an angel comes to them and during the night he opens the gate of the prison and as he opens the gate of the prison doors the angel speaks to them and he asks them to do something specifically. Here in chapter number five verses 20 and 21 we can see here that the angel speaks to the apostles And he says to them, go stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach. I want you to repeat it after me again. My life is in your hands. Go stand and speak to the people in the temple The whole message of this life, the angel is speaking to the apostles. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to preach. I want to give you Romans 8.31 again because I really want to lay this foundation here. What then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? who can be our foe if God is on our side. You know what amazes me here in the text and in this previous chapter, chapter number four, the apostles were released in chapter number four from the hands of the church leaders and they were asked to not preach in the name of Jesus Christ. We can see that the apostles are moving throughout the city, they're moving throughout the region and they're preaching under the power of the Holy Ghost. And through their preaching, it is the priest it is, it is the preached message of Jesus Christ. We can see in chapter number 4 that they are in prison. They're brought before the council. The 5,000 are outside waiting on them, the multitudes, and they are asked before the council of the church, the church leaders here, the Pharisees, the captains of the guard, and we can see that they ask them to do something. Whatever you do, don't preach in the name of Jesus. We can see here in chapter number four, in verses 16 and 18, they say to them, saying, what shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17 says, but so that it cannot spread any further among the people, let us warn them not to speak Any longer to any man in this name, verse number 18. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And so when we look in the name of Jesus, we can, we can see here in chapter number five uh, that the apostles do not obey the command that was given to them. At the beginning of chapter number five, we can see uh, that the apostles are out preaching, uh, they're laying hands, people are being healed, people are being delivered. We can see uh, as they move down through chapter number five, we can see that they are arrested and put in jail. But after they are put in jail, the angel comes to them. I want you to see this text. The angel comes to them. He opens the doors and he says, I want you to go back to the temple and I want you to preach about this life. (laughs) Uh, God can be sometimes crazy at times because he can have you in a place where people are telling you, uh, we don't want to hear this. They arrest the apostles. The apostles go to jail. In the middle of the night, the angel comes to them, and he says, I want to free you. He opens up the gates. They leave. They go back to the temple, and then they are arrested for the third time. Come on now. Uh -uh. My life is in your hands. There are some things in your life that God is going to require that you live out no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult it may seem, no matter how hard it may be, no matter how many prisons you're thrown into, I want you to repeat it after me. My life is in your hands. One of the things that I really want to point out here and one of the things that sticks out to me in chapters 4 and 5 is the boldness that is being exemplified in the lives of the apostles. Preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ requires a boldness that only comes from him. That we can only be empowered with from God, uh, but throughout the history of the Bible, we can see, we can see how God has empowered those who have been chosen and assigned to be his messengers with boldness. There was a boldness that he gave Moses, a boldness that he gave Samson, there there was a boldness that he gave the prophets, there there was a boldness that they had in their life uh, to, to, to speak. Speak and to declare the word of God. The boldness is being exemplified here in chapters 4 and 5. I want us to take a look at that word boldness. It is defined as one who is assured, confident, adventurous, and free. One who is charged with being fearless in the face of danger. We can see here that the apostles have been empowered by God to be bold, to be fearless in the face of danger. My life is in your hands. Uh, you're reminded of that scripture, uh, take up your cross and follow me. I, I take up my cross never to lay it down again. Why? Because I understand that my life is in your hands. They were facing danger. Their, their lives were were being being threatened. They were put in prison. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But because they were empowered with a boldness, they were able to obey what the angel asked them to do. In chapters four and five, the apostles are empowered with this boldness to preach in the forbidden name of Jesus. The, the church leaders forbid them to preach in that name. Don't speak about it. Don't talk about it. Don't, don't minister about it. You can talk about everything else, but do not talk about this forbidden name that we don't want you to stir up this city with. Moving further along in chapter 5, we can, we can see that not only were the apostles empower, uh, empowered with boldness, However, but they were also graced to be brave. I want you to say this. uh, I'm graced to be brave. Come on, I want you to say that again. I'm graced to be brave. They were brave enough to be caught teaching In the temple, knowing that they have been in prison and commanded not to preach in the name of Jesus. Come on now. Uh, I've been given boldness, uh, Jireh, to be fearless in the face of danger. But then he empowers me to be brave enough to leave prison. I'm in prison, come on Gwen, and and the angel of the Lord opens the door and tells me specifically, go down to the temple and preach about this life. Come on now, what life was he talking about? Living the life that Jesus Christ set before us, a life that will free the captives. A life will open the life that of Jesus that opens the blind eyes and heals the sick. Come on now. When we think about this word brave, one who is brave is defined of, of, of as being full of courage, one who shows strong mental strength in the face of danger, fear and difficulty. Boldness, come on now, let's look at that definition. Let's put them both. Boldness is the assured confidence, one who is adventurous and free, one who is charged with being fearless in the face of danger, but then bravery along with boldness, the confidence, the assurance, uh, it gives you the courage one who shows strong mental strength in the face of danger, fear, and difficulty. We can see that they were bold. We can see that they were brave, and they were brave enough that they were preaching in the name of Jesus. But also we can see here in chapters 4 and 5, the apostles were bestowed with the honor of being blessed by God. To preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ, no matter how bad they were accused of preaching the message of Jesus Christ no one could ignore the one characteristic that stood out in their lives and that was the honor and the respect that the multitudes bestowed upon them when we look at them uh, they were not preaching just to empty walls They, they weren't just preaching to people who were not responding every time they went out to preach because they they were bold, they were brave, he blessed them to preach to multitudes of people who would respond to the preach word that they were releasing upon those. They were bold, they were brave, but yet they were blessed. When we look at that word "bless," it reflects or it is defined as one who is endowed with favor to protect to provide divine care for others. They were blessed and endowed with favor to protect and to provide the divine care for those that they were ministering to. He blessed them to provide protection by preaching the word of God. Uh, He gave them bravery so that they would be full of courage in the face of danger, fear, and difficulty. Uh, He empowered them to be bold, fearless, adventurous, free and able to move about but then we can see here that when they are arrested for the third time after they were preaching in the temple after they had been released we can see that when they bring them back the same church leaders are now threatening to take their life i need you to say it my life is in your hands There's something in your mouth that the enemy never wants you to release. There's something in your life that is filled with purpose and destiny that the enemy never wants you to walk into. And so he begins to threaten you with little threats by saying, If you preach this word of God, it's not gonna happen. If you pay your tithe today, if you give your offering and you give your love seed, uh, you're gonna lose something in your life. Uh, If you keep preaching about this Jesus, uh, that man's never gonna marry you. He's gonna get out of your house. And he's going to go find another woman. Well, I will tell you, single lady, get him out of your house because if you cannot get him saved and get him to church, then you're wasting your time. Come on now. If the life that you're living does not call people, does not cause people to fall out with you at moments in your life that I've got to think about this, then you're dealing with the wrong people. The gospel that you're preaching uh, should always bring some type of conviction in the lives of those that are around you. You're living with that joker. And you don't want to come to church because you don't want to make him mad. And and you know that going to church and and listening and praying in the morning is causing him to be offended. I'm going to tell you to keep on praying, but the enemy will tell you. If you keep doing it, you're going to miss out. Uh, uh, you're not gonna have anybody with you in the winter time. You're not. You're not gonna have a, a, a sweetie's day, and you're not gonna get a Valentine's. You're not gonna get any more gifts, and the enemy comes to threaten what God wants to use in your life to save others. Come on now, there's something in your life that the enemy is threatened by. We can see here in Acts that the church leaders were threatened by one thing, them preaching about the resurrected Jesus. They were not angry about anything else, but they were threatened by them preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ. How many times have we preached the message that sin come on now the wages of sin is death and you get a post from somebody saying oh well God loves no 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 we need to talk about the areas in your life that the enemy is threatened by come on now the enemy is threatened by the name of Jesus he never wants people to be free under the name of Jesus he never wants people to hear the name of Jesus so he begins to threaten us by shutting us down down by causing people not to respond, but here we can see in the book of Acts that when you are threatened, that when it seems like life is shutting down on you, God will raise up a Gamaliel. Come on now, somebody say, "My life is in your hands." Come on, say, say, God has already empowered me to be bold, to be brave, and to be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can see here, number one, God uses the presence of Gamaliel in the lives of the apostles. We can see it here where he says in verse number 33, chapter number 5, but when they heard this, when they heard that the apostles had been in the temple preaching after they were imprisoned, the the word got back to them, and when they heard this, they were cut peers to the quick and intended to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel A teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. Come on now. When you obey God, God will always fight on your behalf. They were bold, they were brave, and they were blessed to preach The message of Jesus Christ. The angel comes to them and he says to them, I'm going to open up the gates, go down to the temple, and preach about this life. Because they obeyed God, God raised up. Come on now. He he raised up a voice and a presence of a Gamaliel. Gamaliel is who? He played a strong part in getting the apostles Freed from prison. Who is this Gamaliel? Come on, the scripture says it here. He was a teacher of the law. A teacher of the Mosaic law. He was respected by all the people. He had a high status. He had earned the merits of esteem to be held in high honor and high regard. He stood up to his peers. He rose up to speak. In judgment, as a witness or a judge on behalf of the apostles. Come on now. When we see this here, the apostles are brought back to prison and they are being threatened that they will be killed because the church leaders are very angry that they have went back to the temple and they continue to preach In the name of Jesus. But when you understand that your life is in the hand of the master. When you and I can understand that God will never leave you nor forsake you. When you and I can understand that God will be with you no matter what you're going through. When you and I learn to obey God. When you and I are doing the will of God. He will never leave us in a place where we have to defend ourselves against those that are trying to kill what God has purposed and intended for us to do in life. So now he uses the presence of a Gamaliel. Come on now. He he uses this man uh, who's a teacher of the law. He's respected by all the people. Come on now. And not only is he respected, but he's strong enough that he was able to stand up in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the anger. Have you ever been in a situation where the crowd is angry and everybody wants to fight? Everybody wants to tear up everything. But then God uses the presence of a natural earthly Gamaliel to stand up and to say, stop. Hold on. Wait a minute. I think we need to revisit this. On behalf of the apostles, he uses the presence of a Gamaliel. Come on now, God is using the presence of a Gamaliel to fight on behalf of your life. Come on now, Uh, number one, he uses his presence. Number two, God uses the wisdom of Gamaliel. We can see here, he said to the men, he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. He says to them, number one, I need, before, I need you to do this. Before you bring judgment, we need to let them go and just let them stand outside for a moment. So he allows it in his presence, his presence works on behalf of the apostles. They're now not standing behind bars, but here they are standing on the outside. And then now his wisdom to the council says, I need you to propose that you take care of what you do with these men. The wisdom of Gamaliel allowed the leaders of the council to reconsider their approach in holding the apostles unlawfully. There are moments in our lives well, we don't even know that God is working behind the scenes against the enemy and all of his little demons that are trying to destroy. He's using certain things that we don't even see, certain things that we don't even recognize. But here in the scripture, the wisdom of Gamaliel, uh, he presents factual cases where on other movements likened to the apostles began, but they did not last or survive come on now when your life is in the hand of jesus christ when your life is in the hand of the father he will always use a gameliel to bring facts come on now he says it right here in verse number 36 for some time ago thudius rose up claiming to be somebody and a group of about 400 men joined up with him but he was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and 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 nothing came to it come on now and came nothing to it nothing happened come on now so why are you so uptight why are you so discombobulated we've seen these type of movements before why are we so afraid of the disciples come on now why are we so afraid of these men preaching in the name of Jesus let them stand outside let's take care that we do the right thing with these men because we've seen moves like this before come on now Uh, he goes. On to say in verse number thirty-seven, and after Thutius, after this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him, he too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. Do you all see what's happening here? God is using, and I want to make note here, uh, that Gamaliel, he's not on the side of the apostles being right or being unlawfully detained. Uh, It is his presence and wisdom up to this point uh, uh, that's making a way for the apostles to forego undue pressure of defending themselves before a council. Could you imagine if Gamaliel had not stood up? Could you imagine if it would have been somebody who did not have the respect of all of those? Could you imagine if if this person who stood up was not a teacher of the law? What would have occurred in the lives of the apostles? They probably would have been murdered. But because God uses a Gamaliel at the right time, at the right place, in the right season in your life he uses somebody to speak on your behalf and they don't even understanding that they're giving you more power than what they think they're giving you come on now uh, he he was very smart and educated and he's singing to his peers why are we so afraid Why are we so bothered? They're only preaching about Jesus. Come on now. Uh, We've already seen a move happen like this. Uh, And when the man died, everything stopped. Come on now. We've already seen another man named Judas from Galilee uh, start doing all type of stuff like this. Uh, And when he died, all of his people scattered. It is the presence it is the wisdom, but then we can see here that number three, God uses the influence and instruction of Gamaliel, verse number thirty-eight. Uh, so in the so so in this present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. Here it is: for if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. Come on now, he's he's, he's giving them instruction now on how to handle the case. Come on now, Uh, uh, he's giving them, uh, uh, he's using his influence to instruct them. The influence and the instruction of Gamaliel silences the false accusations of the council. And it keeps the council in good faith with the community. What is he really doing? Come on guys, we don't really want to stir up no trouble. Come on now, uh, uh, well we're supposed to be the church and, and we are the church and, 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 and we don't want to be out here killing people because we're afraid of what they're preaching because then it makes us look bad. Uh, he, he, he really didn't understand how God was using him. Although he was talking right to his account, to his counsel, uh, he didn't understand the power that he was releasing upon the apostles the influence and instruction of Gamaliel prepares the council to prepare themselves for the inevitable. He says it in verse 39, look at it. But if it is is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them or else you may even be found fighting against God. Woo! Come on, look at this. This is a teacher of the Mosaic law. This is a teacher who who is well-respected. He he has the respect. He he stands up and and he says, why are we so afraid? If the move is of God, then it will happen. If the move is not, then it will disperse. But if this move is really God, then we don't want to be found fighting against God. They took his advice And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them, they beat them, and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then released them. Do you see this here? He says to them, whatever you do, leave them alone. Whatever you do, let's make sure that we take care of these men the right way uh, uh, because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, If if the move is not of God, then we are for sure because we have facts that it will disperse, that the people will scatter, that two years from now, they'll be forgotten about, that 90 seconds from now, they'll be forgotten about. uh, But then he says that if this is a move of God, we don't want to be found fighting against God how many times do you and I allow our flesh to fight against God when you know that God has told you to speak when you know that God has freed you when you know that God is working with you when you know that God is moving but because of the threat you're afraid of what the preach message is going to do in your life come on now When you preach Jesus, things will change in your life. When you preach about the man called Jesus, come on now, uh, some things will erupt in your life. God will begin to convict you about your cussing. He'll begin to convict you about your lying. He'll begin to convict you about so many things in your life that your flesh becomes uncomfortable, that your mind becomes uncomfortable. that everything about you becomes uncomfortable and it threatens you because it doesn't want to hear the name of Jesus. Come on now, uh, think about it. Uh, uh, That's why we're afraid sometimes to pray. That's why we're afraid sometimes to really ask God what's on his mind because we're afraid that he's going to tell us to do something that our flesh disagrees with. We can see here in the scripture that we must note that Gamaliel's presence, wisdom, and instruction, and influence before the council is not a forum to stand with the apostles. I believe that God uses Gamaliel to grant the apostles an opportunity To prove that the hand of God is upon them and that nothing will come to hinder this move, not even death. I really believe, Rock Church, that God has given us an out. He's given us a moment where he wants us to be able to prove that we're not a failure that God has given you an opportunity to prove that his hand is upon you that God has given you an, another opportunity to prove that nothing will allow this move to die out in your life that the speaking of the Holy Ghost that the move of the Holy Ghost that is taking place in your house in the lives of your children in the lives of your family in the lives of your co-workers is not some false move and it's not going to go to waste either. even Even if you move to another city, even if God forbid that something happens to your life, because the move is authentic, it will not die. Gamaliel uses his presence, his wisdom, and his instruction. But then I want you to end this way. God uses the boldness, bravery, and the blessing of Gamaliel to ensure that the apostles would remain bold. Come on now. Uh, you you, you got to know that the apostles uh, could hear what was going on inside of the temple. He's in there telling them uh, that they should not touch us. We got to remain bold, y'all. Uh, if we get another chance, uh, we got to remain assured and confident. Uh, we've got to be more adventurous than we've ever been before. Why? Because our boldness is going to allow us to be fearless in the face of danger. Come on now, uh, uh, his testimony, him standing up before his peers uh, uh, not only uh, allows the apostles to remain bold, but to ensure that the apostles would remain brave. Come on, guys. Come on now. Uh, I believe that God's working on my behalf. Uh, I believe that that Meliel is speaking, and, and when we get a chance and when we're released, uh, uh, we've got to be only brave enough, courageous enough, and mentally strong. Strong that we don't fail, that we don't become weary in our well-doing, that we got to understand that we got to fight against those who are coming against us. But if God is for us... Who can be against us? What shall we say about all of this? Come on now. Uh, come on now. We've got to understand that if God is fighting for me, then who is stronger? My foe doesn't mean anything to me. Because if God is for me, then that means that nothing that comes against me can shut me down, can stop me. The blessing of Gamaliel is that he ensured that they remain bold. He ensured that they would remain bold brave, but then he ensures that the apostles remain blessed, that they remain blessed being endowed with favor in their assignment to preach the gospel message Of Jesus Christ. Come on now. Uh, uh, They were so strengthened. They were so encouraged. By what happened. We can see in verses 41 and 42. So they went on their way. From the presence of the council. Rejoicing. That they had been considered. Worthy. Come on look at it. To suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching. Jesus as Christ. Come on, think about your life. How many times has the enemy threatened you? How many times has your flesh, has your mind the carnality of your mind threatened you that God was not going to do what he said he was going to do how many times have you been threatened over and over that this God that you serve is not real that this God you serve it's just not going to bring it to pass, Brittany, uh, uh, that you're wasting your time. Uh, how many times have we heard people say, oh, it's just a move and, and, and that's going to eventually die off and uh, uh, church will never be the same again and, and, and God is not like he used to be. The devil is a lie. God has never changed and he never will change and he doesn't have a reason to change. Because the Bible says he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Come on now. He's the same today as he was yesterday. And forevermore, he will continue to be the same loving God. He'll continue to be the same God that sent his only begotten son into the earth that he might give his life on Calvary. He's the same God that allowed his son to get up out of an empty tomb. Come on now. Come on now. The same God that used Jesus to heal. He's the same God that'll use Jesus to heal your life. The same God that allowed Jesus to forgive sin. He's gonna be the same God that allows sin to be forgiven in your life. The same God that used Jesus to turn water into wine. He's gonna be the same God that allows you to do something impossible that seems impossible. Come on now. Something that seems impossible. He's gonna Allow it to be possible for you. The same God that opened up the Red Sea for Moses is going to be the same God that opens up your Red Sea. The same God, the same God that told Noah that it was going to rain. is going to be the same God that will speak to you and tell you that a season of rain is coming. I need you to prepare an ark of safety for you, your generation, and your family. The same God, the same God that allowed David to destroy the life of Goliath. is going to be the same God that will put you before a giant. And all you have is five smooth stones. The same God that allowed Jesus to go into the wilderness and to be tempted by the enemy on several occasions will be the same God that will strengthen you in a wilderness season in your life where you won't have to turn the stones into bread. You'll be able to say, Man shall not live by bread alone, but out of every word that proceedeth out of his mouth. Come on now. The same God, the same God. Come on, say it. I serve the same God, the same God that'll raise you up, the same God that raised the lame man up after 38 years, the same God can pick you up out of a rut the same God that rescued Joseph out of a pit can rescue you out of a pit the same God that changed Jacob's life around his life was so damaged his life was so destroyed the same God that gave Jacob a new name the same God will give you a new name The same God that used Abraham in his old age is the same God. The same God that freed Paul and Silas from a jail cell because they begin to praise the same God or come into your prison cell and free you in a midnight hour when you feel like all hope is gone. The same God in the middle of a storm when it feels like all hope is gone and you just don't know what to do. The same God that allowed Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water although he took his eyes off of Jesus for a moment the same God the same Jesus that reached his hand down and pulled Peter back up and walked into the boat is the same God the same Jesus that will do the same with you but you've got to be brave enough you've got to be bold enough you've got to be able to walk in the blessing that the Lord has placed in your life Because the same God that did it for my mama, he'll do it for you. The same God that saved the drunk uncle will do it for you. The same God, the same God. He is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Understand that when God gave you purpose, he empowered you to be bold. He empowered you to be brave. And he empowered you with the blessing to preach and to live out a life that reflects the message of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. is my season to reflect blessing of the Lord this is my season be bold and brave confident in the things of the Lord this is my season This is my season yeah. This is my season Oh This is my season This is my season Hallelujah Come on somebody say this is my season To Be bold be brave and to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you didn't have a chance to receive Holy Communion on today, I want you to raise your hand. Elder Cheney comes to serve those who did not have the opportunity. In Jesus' name. This is my season. Be bold, to be brave, and to walk in the blessing that the Lord has bestowed upon me. Before you receive partake partake in your communion, I want you to just have a moment of reflection. Close your eyes and just, just examine your life, some areas in your life that you want to strengthen, some areas... In your life, that you've not been perfect in when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. I simply just want you to ask the Lord to just simply forgive you, receive His forgiveness. Then let's partake. On that night, He took the bread, the night that He was betrayed, He took the bread and He blessed it broke it and he gave unto them partake now come on reflect on the body that was once broken that this is a living body it's a breathing body (laughs) we are the reflection of the finished work of Jesus Christ that the presence of the Lord This is just not a memorial, but this is real presence. On that night, he took the cup in his hand. and He gave, and they drank all together. Receive now. In Jesus' name, amen. May the blessing of the Lord continue to rest in your life. May God continue to be true and real. I want you to believe this, that God is not fake. The God that we serve, the only God we serve, is a real God, living, factual God. He's never lost a case. He's never been defeated. He's never lost a battle. And every king and every foe that has come against our God has been defeated. If you didn't have a chance to give your tithe and offering on today, to so sow into your man of God today, I want you to take some time and to do that. Your giving matters here at The Rock Church. You want to be saved? Simply just lift your hands and just repeat these words after me. Lord, fill my life. Come on, you want to be saved, Lord, fill my life. Lord, I want to be immersed in the power of the Holy Ghost. Fill me, Father, with the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost. And Father, as you fill me, let the spirit of repentance hover in my life, that I may begin to confess with my mouth the sins that I've committed. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you forgive me and I turn away from the old life and the new man that now lives in me. I accept. I ask that you come into my heart and that you save me, that you be my Savior and my Lord. I do acknowledge that you've died on the cross for my sin. You rose again so that I might be the reflection and the response to the finished work that you did on Calvary. If you prayed that prayer, the Lord has filled you. and You've now been saved on today. We love you. Have a great day. Happy holiday to each and every one of you. May the blessing of the Lord continue to rest richly upon your life where it adds no sorrow. We are the Rock Church, the place where your life matters. Jesus matters and worship matters all the time. Peace to the family, peace to the bishop, and peace to us all. Have a great day. In Jesus' name, this is our prayer.